0: Going to pay me to try and embarrass the other side with like my brain.
1: Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Legally Couture. This is Erin, and I have a guest with me today. This is Nicole. You want to say hi?
0: hi? Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm a third year at Harvard Law School.
1: So Nicole, um, like she said, is the third year at Harvard Law, so she will be graduating very soon. So we have her with us today to discuss a bit about her journey so far in law school, how she decided to go to law school and what her plans are for the future when she graduates in just like four or five months now.
0: Yeah. When you say it like that, I get, um, heart palpitations of both excitement and like (laughs) and absolute fear. So that is it's coming up.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember my last semester of undergrad and it like, it ended so quickly. I also graduated like in 2020. So it was also COVID year, like the start of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, even before that, like the whole year went so fast. It's crazy. Absolutely. And then it was like probably
0: very anticlimactic with like no graduation and oh. none of like fanfare.
1: Yes. Yeah, 100%. Like I didn't get my real graduation until a year later. I didn't get a graduation party until a year later. So um, it doesn't feel the same, you know? You're like, feel I did feel this
0: year same. ago. Like it's not. It's yeah. Different.
1: Yeah. No. Is Harvard planning to be in person though this semester?
0: Yeah. So right now we're in what we call J term. I'm not every law school has it, but mm-hmm. it's a January term. Um, and variety of things you can do during it but you were like required to be enrolled a minimum of two units okay. uh, so we're remote for that because their I their thought process was like with the holidays and everyone traveling probably would be safer and give like the current peak maybe more time to like level out before mm-hmm. yeah. but we are back in person for spring as far as like they've announced we're required to have boosters and we've been you know doing the masking situation so yeah I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that we're going to end in person so fingers yeah.
1: crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed for you. Um, our school is doing the same thing. I, I don't even know if we have J term. If we do, it's not mandatory. Like as a one L they didn't even give us the option. Um, but we're doing our first two weeks back as remote. So I start next Tuesday and we're going through the end of the month then remote. And then we're going to be back in person and we have to get boosters before then we have to wear masks and we do testing every week as well on campus. yeah. yeah, that sounds about
0: the same. Like our spring term starts the very last week of January, going into February. So I think yeah. we'll
1: probably kind of be going
0: in yeah same time.
1: at about the same time. Yeah, and I think from what I've heard, a lot of law schools do follow the lead of like Harvard and Yale and NYU. They look yeah. to the bigger schools. So mm-hmm. I wonder if we even got like our format for it this past fall, like from Harvard unclear unclear I am not going
0: to talk shit on Harvard although sometimes that's <laughs> my favorite thing to do mm-hmm. um but I'm all, like I'm like do we really want to follow the lead I don't know but yeah. it happens so maybe yeah
1: yeah who knows but yeah so it's super interesting um did you start law school virtually then or were you in person your first year
0: no, so I started in person. My fall 1L was 2019. So pre okay. us knowing that COVID yes. existed when mm-hmm. we were like mostly ignorant about life yeah. uh, and we would like drink off of like six people's like <laughs> drinks at a party. And like yeah. now I'm back and I'm like, this is why I had a cold every two weeks of 1L. Like I literally had no concept of like hygiene, ger- like whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, so we were in person and so we got to have like the full- fall semester experience and then we had our J term in person and then a few weeks of the second or our spring semester before mm-hmm. we were remote and I believe we were the first school that ended up like calling it and like going remote and I remember just feeling like a huge dystopia because my family back home like didn't realize the severity yet it hadn't like trickled down to like everyone else okay. and so they're like you're being very dramatic and I was like "No, you don't understand like they're sending everyone home and I don't think yeah. we're coming back um so yeah, but I, again, very lucky to have had some, you know, normal yeah. experience before that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I remember when Harvard came out and said they were going remote, like my school, my school was actually one of the last ones to go remote at all. But what my school, a lot of schools, including my siblings, I had two sisters that were in college at that time too. Their schools were like, okay, we were on spring break. We're going to extend spring break, like two weeks. We're going to keep people home for, we're going to extend break for a week. And then we're going to do like class virtually for a week. Like we're going to do classwork, but it's going to be virtual. And my school hadn't called anything. I was in San Diego at the time. So, um, I was out there and we were all just kind of waiting, but we were also ignoring it. It was my birthday that week. So Mm -hmm. it was the, like a day before my school decided to go virtual. And like my birthday party was like that Friday, we were going to like a drag restaurant. And then we were going out to bars after Mm-hmm. So we were like going out and one of my friends was like, are you still like, are you still going to go out with everything happening? I was like, yeah, like what's the big deal? Like right. I, we're young, like we'll get a cold if anything. And mm-hmm. it's my birthday. So yeah, I want to go out. So my school like called it that Friday. They were like, you know, we're like, we're going to go remote. Like this is the last day we had grad fest that day, which is the day we go and we buy our gowns right, yeah. and um, we do like graduation pictures. And I remember it was like an hour before they called it um, going virtual. And the guy at the picture station at Grad Fest was like, you know, you really should do a picture. I was like, you know, like I didn't do my makeup or my hair. And he was like, okay. I was like, I'll do it at the next one. And he was like, there might not be another Grad Fest. Like there might not be a Grad Fest too. And I was like, wow. okay, fine, I'll do the picture. And that's like, that was my official graduation picture then that I had for a year until we had graduation in person. Wow. That man was prophetic. Like just my funny
0: story to like, counter it and like in hindsight right like it was a bad decision we just didn't have the information then, so I don't want to glorify what we did but like it is funny um Harvard was like get out you all have to leave and then they kicked everyone out of the dorms they're like we don't care if you're homeless like just go so everyone was like great we're like putting people's storage like their stuff in my storage locker like it was wild but we were like we cannot go out without a bang right like we're gonna have a good time so we went Mm -hmm. to Beat Brew Hall which is like total dive here in Harvard Square Mm -hmm. all like went out for hours closed it down and then migrated to one of the our classmates house and just had like a rager until like you know four in the morning and I'm like this is definitely what they didn't want us to do right like they did not want this to happen Mm -hmm. but our logic was that like they still made us go to class and there's like 90 people in class right like we had a class that whole week and I'm like at this point we've all been exposed to each other yeah we're at least gonna have a good time um and in hindsight I'm kind of glad we did just because like that was it like that was the last time we were all together as a class
1: Yeah, no, same. Like, I'm really glad we still went out for my birthday because that was my last time, like, being with all of my friends in school. Um, And then my friend did the same thing. She went to St. Anselm in New Hampshire, and she said that they told them they were kicking them out of the dorms for two weeks, but they all were like, we're going to come back, we're going to come back. So they were, like, in denial, but that day when they were kicking them out, they had, like, a big party in the like upperclassmen housing which is like condos for them so they just like have parties out in the lawn so they just had a giant party all together anyway right. and so it's like we all did the opposite of what they wanted they're like we're closing down and we were like awesome this is gonna be so fun let's go party 100 <laughs> percent. but like, like our thing was like you made us like I wasn't in the dorms so they
0: made everyone move out oh so yeah I was off campus there. too Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm like, this is on you. Like you made us sit together in a hundred person room, but then when there were events, you could only have like 20 people. I'm like, yeah, makes sense. It doesn't make sense. No one knew yeah. what they were doing. They were just guessing. Yeah. And Obviously now we know so much more, but anyway, yes, that was my like one L like, you know, transformation from basically being an in-person law student to yeah. a zoom law student.
1: Yeah. How was zoom school for you? Like, I know every school kind of handled it differently. Mine was okay at it, but I know some schools, were like not good with it at all? So I think one of the benefits of going to like an institution like Harvard
0: is they have a ton of resources and I think they employ them when they need to. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that like, they did a great job at like training over the spring break period where we had a gap, like they trained all of the teachers on how to use Zoom. Oh, that's good. Um, and of course, like that first semester was a little rocky just because those professors didn't plan their class for Zoom, right? Yeah. And so- there was a bit of like change in expectations. And I think different professors handled it differently, but it, it worked really well. Um, tech wise. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. And it was really through like that transition. And then the whole second year of law school being online and um, that I recognized or started to come to terms, like I might have ADHD and it was because it was so hard to focus and it was hard for everyone to focus, but I was comparing with my friends and like there was just no i was not learning anything yeah um, and so in some ways like it was horrible being online in some ways i'm really grateful cuz it you know got me to a diagnosis that's been instrumental generally uh but i would say like i am not someone who learns well on a computer so yes. this was the worst case scenario as far as like getting an education
1: yeah i'm the same way i also have adhd and i I just got diagnosed this past summer. So I didn't know when I was doing Zoom school that I had it, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't learn anything. Like I would have my Zoom on and I'd be like watching, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't retaining any information. Like I need to be there, like in front of someone speaking Mm -hmm. at me with like no distractions. Um, But yeah, so that was not good for me. And I already knew that I wasn't good at like virtual learning from back in high school when I tried to do one online class. And it took me like, an entire year to do a class that was supposed to take two months because I just could not get myself through the material. I couldn't focus on it without someone like telling me when to do things. Right. Um,
0: same experience, but for me, it was like a entry level communications class Mm -hmm. in college. And I was like, I am taking like 400 level classes. Otherwise, this is just not happening. Yeah, Online learning, not for me. And then the universe was like jokes on you. You're going to have so much online learning in your life yeah
1: so so interesting in my class it was just an economics class I was like this is like basic economics and I just I couldn't do it It wasn't happening no not happening yeah so um but now I know I have ADHD and so that's why I can't focus on things honestly
0: though I don't know if it like this was true for you but just even having something to call it like I it took the I had so much shame and I was also so hard on myself as a perfectionist. Like I was like, you're lazy or all these words that like were so harmful Mm -hmm. and getting a diagnosis was like, it took that off of me. It allowed me to like come to terms and then from there make solutions based on having it, not like just trying to like work harder or focus more, right? Like none of that worked. And so I think like so much self-love also came from just getting diagnosed. I don't know if that was true for you, but it was just so freeing.
1: Yeah no i i had totally the same experience because i as well i like growing up i was always like a perfectionist i was like i need to do this like even if i like hit a goal i'd be like i need to do more like mm-hmm. i can do more than this mm-hmm. um and then also like thinking that i'm lazy if i'm like oh i can't focus on it like it's my fault that i'm not like getting this reading done but it's because my brain like could not stay focused on like a reading for more than like 10 minutes at a time I would be like, why is it take, why do I always wait until like the last minute to do an essay? I'd be like, oh, it's the day before the essay is due. And I've written like a paragraph. Why do I always do that? But now I know it's because of the way my brain works. And I wasn't taught how to work with my brain. Totally.
0: I like, as soon as like the diagnosis came together, I reflected so much on so many decisions I had made. And I like recall like not even writing it the day before I wrote it the morning it was due and I was an English major. And here I am just like writing a paper that like is a big deal. the day It's due. I'm like, that is not normal. Like that's not good. That is like not normal in the sense of like, there, there should have been like someone should have known. And that's like the issue with women, right? Like we don't get Mm -hmm. caught. Like it doesn't get caught in women or diagnosed early enough just because of the way it presents. And so Mm -hmm. obviously so much of us are getting diagnosed now, better like than never. But I'm like, what could I have done if like I had been effective for those like first 25 years of my life?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I wonder where I would be at. I think even like my impulsive decision to go to school in California Mm -hmm. probably was partially based on my ADHD because I was like, I'm bored here. I want to go somewhere else. So I wonder how many of my decisions throughout my life would have been different Mm -hmm. had I like known I had ADHD and been like treated for it. Right. If I wasn't just like always chasing that dopamine and trying to be perfect all the time. So- <laughs> Let me tell you how much money I
0: would have. Like the oh, amount yeah. of money I spend. Yeah. I was okay. like getting diagnosed. and I was like, look, I don't do drugs. Like I don't like binge on alcohol. Like it's, that's not my coping mechanism for dopamine. For me, it's like food and spending money on clothes. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I, I cannot afford this. So please help me. Like I need this managed.
1: No, that's literally, I'm the same way. So I've literally been working since I was like 14, just like in the summers I would work. My dad worked at a baseball park um, as one of the execs. So I would like work in the summer at the baseball park, like in the concession stand or like serving the sweets and stuff. And so I've been working since I'm 14, but I have nothing to show for it. Like I would make the money and I would spend it. I'd be like, Oh, $500 on a Taylor Swift concert ticket. Okay. No big deal. Oh, I want to eat this food. Okay. We're gonna go eat out like five days this week. I'm gonna buy these things that I don't need. So um yeah, it's expensive having ADHD.
0: <laughs> it is. And like also like this like hobby cycling, like the amount of plants I have that are currently dying because I got them when I was like into plants. And I'm like, yeah. I can't be bought. I look at them, I'm like, I know I need to water you. Yeah. I can't do it. Like yeah. I can't have myself to do it. I'm, like I have so many other things. And like I look yeah. at them, I'm like, I'll water you. I walk sure. away. Come back, I'll water you. And not, it never happens. Yes. That is what it's like. It's just exhausting.
1: No, the only way I remember to water my plants is like once a week, it'll pop in my head. So I'll like add it to my to-do list. Yes, And if I don't have it on the to-do list, they're not going to get watered until like I see that they're dead already.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: it's too late. But I still, like I kill my plants all the time. I killed two succulents in the past, like two months. Those are supposed to be so easy. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I just killed a spider plant but that's also, yeah. Wow. Okay. You're doing great. You're Plans doing great. So easy, Thanks. but these plants Hi. that I had, I had one plant, it's an elephant bush. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but it's a yeah. type of succulent. Yeah. Um, so I had that plant for two years, but mm-hmm. I was at home for the two years because it was like COVID school time. Right. And then I lived at home with my parents during my year off while I worked at a law firm. So mm-hmm. I had this succulent and I wouldn't remember to water it, but my mom has plants. So she would just water it when she went around to do her plants. But. So for like two years, I'm like, wow, this plant's doing great. It's thriving. I get it to New York City. It's dead now. Three months and it's dead. Yeah. That
0: um, well, uh, I love that you were like, I'm doing great with this plant. It was definitely your mother. Um, it now we know.
1: Mother. Yep.
0: Yeah. So like, that's fine. Well, part of it for me is like, I am aware that like I'm moving to New York within the next.
1: Five to seven months. Oh, you're moving to New York. I
0: am moving to New York. Oh my god, we'll
1: have to meet up. That's so exciting. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Part like just the aside was like, I don't know if I want to carry all these plants in a car. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But um, we, I mean, me and Zeus, I guess. But like, it's gonna be fine. But (laughs) yes, moving to New York after graduation.
1: That is so exciting. And then I assume you already have a job lined up. Then is it from your internship last summer? Yes. So
0: the firm I summered at last summer is where I'll be returning. Um, (laughs) I still don't know our start date. I'm assuming sometime like late August, probably. Uh, After the bar, I would assume. Yeah. So I've been trying to decide whether I'm going to study for the bar here or move to New York and study there. I think I landed on staying here. My rent is like probably much cheaper than it's ever going to be.
1: Plus it's a space that you're comfortable with. So you might be able to like focus better because you'll know – what right. you need to like set up and how to set things up so it'll probably be better for that
0: that's my thought my mom talked me into it I was like get me out of here as fast as possible get me to New York and then she yeah went, Let's, like think about this you can live yeah. there as long as you want but like maybe study here yeah. And I think that makes the most sense I was just more motivated by like the fact that I think there'll be more apartments in May than there are going to be in like July August but like at this point, it's negligible. Yeah. It's fine. So whatever.
1: Yeah. I will say about the renter's market um, in New York, the best time of year is apparently this time of year to get apartments. Yeah. And yeah. sadly, yes. my rent is like a midsummer rent um, because I moved in the summer for school. Obviously, I started in August. So my right. lease started in July. Um, so every year now, my lease is going to be up the end of July. <laughs> Which is always gonna have summer rent. Always Ooh. gonna have summer rent, which is the most expensive time of year and the most competitive. Uh-huh, so much uh-huh. fun. <laughs> you
0: love that. Well, so one of the things I'm thinking of doing, and I don't know if like I've not, I talked to someone at the firm who did this, but the firm yeah. has a deal where like if you go through a certain broker that they recommend, yeah. they'll pay half the broker's fee. Oh, and right. I was like talking to a first year and I was like, did yeah. they only show you apartments that are like teasing you that you can't afford? Or like, did they show yeah. you in your price range? And he was like, no, they showed me in my price range.
1: And I'm like, amazing. Okay.
0: I'm just gonna hand that to you. Go out and prosper. Find me a dishwasher. That's yeah. really my unit.
1: Yeah, um, we have oh a God. dishwasher. It was the most important thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, like this was the sad. Like I went back home and like they don't understand because I'm from Southern California. So everything there, like even oh, yeah. like like less expensive housing is still like more modern, right? Than like yeah. this building. That's and it's 90%. huge.
1: It's so much bigger.
0: Right. And so we were. My friend and I were talking about our wish list for our, our next place, and hers yeah. was like, I really, really want like stainless steel appliances and I want like a two doored fridge or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, I would like, um, a dishwasher of any kind, yeah. uh, a disposal. Cause I don't have a garbage disposal. Oh yeah. Um, and if I really like am living well, it's going to be central air and heat. Cause I have none. Um, and then like best case scenario is washer dryer. And she was like, you sound like you're living in squalor. And I was like, no, no, I'm no, actually New in New York. No. Yeah. I'm living great. Let me tell you, this is the East coast. Okay. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's totally different life.
1: No, it is. Like I said, I went to school in San Diego, so I did deal with the renter's market out there and Mm -hmm. I thought things out there were expensive until I moved to New York. And I Uh thought like, I was like, oh, it's an apartment. So like, you know, it's kind of small, but I have my New York apartment now, which Mm -hmm. is more money for like, I think less than half the space that I had in my apartment, um, senior year of college. Like yeah. we had an amazing apartment. It had a balcony with a washer dryer out on the balcony. It had a dishwasher. It had a giant counter that we had bar stools at. Plus we had plenty of space for a table and a whole living room set up on the other side. Paradise. So it literally, so now every once in a while I'll be in my apartment or walking through New York City and I'm like on the phone with my mom and I'm like, I need to move back to San Diego. <laughs> like I can't do this. Right, like you remind me why I'm here.
0: Um, totally. yes, I, I went from being like, okay, all of those things. And I'm like, if I can not find a studio with an alcove, like I just want the alcove. Oh, yeah. I'll be made. And I'm like, my, my budget is like 35, right? Like that's like okay. a lot of money. Oh, and I'm yeah.
1: like, you can, you'll find something that you're looking for that. And with the things you're listing off for that price range, because I've, I've been looking at apartments a lot, obviously yeah. you'll be able to find what you're looking for. You will get a dishwasher, you will get a washer and dryer,
0: you, this is you'll at
1: least get a studio, but I, you could probably get a one bed depending on the part of the city you want to be in. Right. Right. Right.
0: I'm yeah. I mean, I am unfortunately shooting for like Midtown Hudson Yards. It's not going to be like the most glamorous, but I Stop. don't care. I'm in, I yeah.
1: No, no. So. I'm in Gramercy right now. And I feel like they're comparable in price range, yeah. like in the type of neighborhood it is. And I I think you'll be able to find what you're looking for in that price range. You'll get I a love washer dryer and your dishwasher. At the very least, you'll get a washer dryer in your building. Yeah, but- honestly,
0: I this is going to sound super bougie, but like I hate, and maybe you understand this as like having ADHD, but like chores and like mundane tasks, yeah. particularly when you're like, doing big law, for example, like, I do not have the capacity to, like, do it all. Yeah. And I'm likely, and this is why washer-dryer is not the biggest thing for me, going to do a wash-and-fold service that, like, does pick up and delivery. Because, yeah. like, since I got my groceries starting to get delivered, and, like, now I have a robot vacuum, I'm like, I... I want to get a robot vacuum so bad. <laughs> I name... His name is Ricky. I love him. He is... Zeus was, like, very not into Ricky at first. And I was like, Zeus, like, he's your roommate. Like, we have to get along. Yeah. Um, Ricky has kept this apartment so clean. And I was unaware of how much hair was on my floor. Like I know how much hair is on the sofa because of the yeah. I did not know that this was just laying on my floor. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really changed me. Um, yeah. so I, and like, I just, I needed shirts dry cleaned and I was like, Oh, it's nine degrees outside. Like I will not be, I will not be going out there. No. So they came and got my shirts and yeah. I'm like, this is, I'm, I can't go back. Like there will be no way I can ever go back to a life I lived before. Um, mm-hmm. and these, these are the golden handcuffs. So yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Tough life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I generally, I try to do my own laundry, but I do not have a washer dryer in my building. I have to go to a laundromat. So during finals, I will say that like all of December, I did a wash and fold service. I was like, when I don't have time, like I will just dish out the money. I'm not going to try to find the time. Like right. I'm just going to pay. So I did wash and fold. Um, the one I went to was just across the street from my apartment. So I just dropped it off and picked it up myself, but they also yeah. do delivery and pickup. So if I was really feeling lazy, I could have just called them and been like, you come pick this up?
0: (laughs) So my thought process, and obviously this is all project, like future projections, not doing it yet, but like, I'm not going to spend a lot of money on food in theory, because Breakfast, like I'll have to pay for breakfast on my own, but like the firm has subsidized lunches because there's a cafeteria. Yeah, so it's like five bucks for a salad bar, and then if oh, you stay fantastic. past a certain time, which I will inevitably, like you get free that's dinner the first year. Yeah, you'll. Yeah. So them. I'm just like I will not be really paying the amount I'm paying currently for food, and so oh. I can allocate that to a wash and fold
1: service. Yeah, I love. I, I love the thought process. You're like Thank I you. not paying as much for food, so. Yeah will take care of something else. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. Will I also still spend money elsewhere knowing me? Yes. But this is my rationalization and I feel pretty good about it.
1: Yes. But you're going to be working in big law. So you'll be making enough money that you can treat yourself every once in a while.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it will be interesting to see not at all. And I'm going to complain about the salary. I would never. No. It's just like once you have like taxes out and then you have loan payments because I have loans,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. um,
0: It'll be interesting. I, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work out, yeah. but I think obviously by like your third year, it's like a moot point. Like it becomes non
1: oh, yeah. so. Yeah, definitely. I will tell you, I did look into how many taxes get taken out because I, I'm i like thinking about big law as well. Like I'm a first year now. Right. So that'll be like next summer I'll be interviewing. Mm-hmm. But um, I my dad asked me, he was like, but how much does that come out to in New York once the taxes are taken out? And in New York, oh mm-hmm. my God, I want to say, I think it's like that, 10 grand a month. What?
0: I think it's almost 10 grand a month. Gets yeah, taken it
1: out. No, it is. I was going to say, I think it comes like it significantly brings it down. Like I want to say 130,000. I think that sounds wrong, but maybe like 150 or something like it significantly brings down your, income. Sure. it's crazy. Yeah.
0: I like, not to get political, but, like, obviously, I'm, like, yeah. pro-taxing. Like, that's yeah. fine. I just don't really want it going to, like, the military-industrial
1: complex. Like, I would just love seeing, like, healthcare. Okay. So um, I feel the exact same way. That's how I feel about taxes. I understand we need them, but mm-hmm. I don't want it going to that stuff. I want it to be used for things that help people. <laughs> right.
0: Right, right, right. Oh, right. God. Not, like, you know prison industrial complex at all, it's fine. I can't, I will not go down that rabbit hole, but we are on the same page. Yes. Um, But I know you said you were considering big law. So like also if you have questions about that or like the hiring process, happy to answer. Um, But you just let me know.
1: Yes, I'll definitely be reaching out to you as that comes closer. (laughs) Sounds good. 100%, but yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about big law since we mentioned it now? Just like what the environment kind of is like since you've done the internship? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this
0: it's always hard to talk about in the sense of like people are going to tell you all firms are the same. Yeah. And to some extent I do think that is true. It's a corporate environment, you're doing the same type of legal work, right? But I think having gone through the interviewing process and then selected a firm, there are quite significant differences among them and so it really pays like to know yourself know like how you like you said you've worked for a year in between which is great so like knowing what you like and dislike about a work environment um and then applying that and like really asking questions during your interview process that elicit like cultural things right like how how does this firm like work and how do they prioritize like teamwork versus competition etc so For me, I ended up choosing a firm that's like very focused on like teamwork. It's much more team oriented, less competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found that to be like very true um, in my experience. I did my summer was mostly remote, Mm -hmm. um, but I had the opportunity for a week to go into like the office in person in New York. And then I was on a trial team. And so our trial was in Delaware. So I went to Delaware with the trial team for three weeks. Mm -hmm. We worked like Nonstop. I think I worked 300 hours in three weeks. It was wild. I guess like I would go to bed at like 3am and wake up at 7am most times. And like, Mm -hmm. I was chugging caffeine. It was like not healthy at all, but I loved it. I was like, this is incredible. Like it felt like I I was just like the biggest rush and like people would take naps on the floor. And like, this sounds like crazy. I recognize that. Right. And like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what I learned from it was that it was for me. Like I loved litigation. I loved trial. Mm-hmm. And it was the hardest the job ever gets, right? Like that is like where it is like the most wow. intense. And so if you love it then, like that is a really good sign. Whereas I had friends who like had less intense summers, but even then that felt too intense for them. And I'm like, you shouldn't go to big law. Like this is not, like there, you don't have to do this, right? Like there are mm-hmm. options. Um, and so not to scare people, but it's just to say that like you will figure out pretty quickly if it's an environment that is right for you or not. And I just don't want to see so many people forcing it. Right. Like, I just think that like the misery in the legal profession is in part because people feel, you know, that they have to do a certain thing. And I understand like the financial costs and benefits, right? Like I know why people go into big law, even if they don't want to, but it's just to say that I think like, also every firm is different. Some firms are really intense and some firms are not like mid-sized firms. Pay the same, right? And like that can also be like a really great opportunity yeah. if you're not interested in the very intense like vault top ten type situation. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
0: I don't know if that answered your question about summer or big blah, but I am happy to go down any path of that. I just uh, curious if you have specific questions.
1: I feel like that that vaguely answered my question. My brain's a bit all over the place today. I didn't sleep enough.
0: <laughs> but, uh, same.
1: Same. Same. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like that that mostly answered it that's so um so you're doing litigation then that was going to be kind of my next question like what are you practicing at your big law firm
0: yeah so just to say I'm struggling a bit to answer these questions and keep my firm anonymous because my firm is very distinct um
1: okay okay. so like
0: we can talk about it off like not as part of the podcast but that is one of the reasons I'm kind of like talking so broadly um that's fine yeah yeah. So I originally, when I was going through the interviewing process, was like split. I didn't know at the time whether I want to do corporate work or litigation. And I use that as a strategy, honestly, because I know that it's easier to get hired in corporate than it is litigation. There's just oh, less spots. Litigation, you know, I
1: know that. Okay.
0: Yes, so pro tip is like, if you're competing for really competitive firms, mm-hmm. I would say either go in as corporate and switch into lit later okay. or do half half. Um, if you're doing half-half, you have to have a compelling answer for why, like, you're kind of split, like, not just, like, I'm an indecisive person, but my answer, and, like, now everyone's going to use it, but it's, like, oh, I, you know, I understand that, like, law school is educational, but, like, it is not the same as practicing, and so I, having never been a lawyer, do not know whether or not I would like the more corporate style of, like, legal work or litigation, and I want to explore both before I make a decision It's like, career, yeah. like, you know, it it changes your career depending on which one you choose. And that played very well. Um, And so I do think that lended itself to like a pretty successful like interview process. Um, And then I had decided prior to starting at the firm that I was only going to do litigation. I just kind of like really sat with myself and were like, what are the things that you like about law school or Mm -hmm. the law or things you've done? Mm -hmm. And I love the strategy behind litigation. I like, I like to help people it's like in the queen's gambit when she can see the chess pieces, like moving above her bed. Like that is me with like litigation. I'm like, if we file this, they'll file this. And then we do this. But if we say this, so I love it. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm doing litigation. I'm at a firm. The so one way firms are kind of distinct too, is some require you to specialize right away. Others are generalists forever. Meaning you do like a broad range of corporate litigation okay. and some are a hybrid where you start general and narrow. My firm stays generalist. So I'm not like in a particular area of corporate litigation. So we can run the gamut of like antitrust, shareholder derivative suits, uh, white collar. Like there's just a whole, a whole bunch of things, which I like because I, with ADHD, like need variety. I cannot be doing the same thing all the time. Um, So that is kind of where I landed. And then the trial we did was a shareholder derivative suit. And so it was just really fascinating. I've just taken corporations as a 2L. And like all of that was directly applicable to the job. And so it was really cool to see that come together.
1: Yeah. I wonder if the ADHD also kind of lends itself to litigation because it is almost kind of like a game, like being like, if I do this, what are they going to do?
0: Totally. So I I also think that's why I love trial, right? Like it's an intense, right? And like ADHD, like there's like studies that show that people with ADHD that are in the medical profession are more likely to be in the ER or things like that, right? Because there's the intensity
1: under like pressure.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I think that is one of the reasons my brain was just like, I've never been happier when I was at trial, even though I've never slept less, like it was just so intense and fun and like really like strategic, right? Like, like a game. And so I, yeah, I was like, this all makes sense for me now.
1: Yeah, no, right now when I'm looking at internships and like big law stuff for the future for next year, um, I'm looking more at the litigation stuff because to me that always just has felt like a game. I'm like, that just seems like it would be fun to like do litigation and like be in trial.
0: Right. And I love to argue. And I also love to win. like, it is like deeply ingrained in me. And I'm like, you're telling me that you're going to pay me to try and embarrass the other side with like my brain. This is like a dream job. Like, and I, it all makes sense. Looking back at myself as a child. I'm like, I, my mom, my mom said, my mom was a really great lawyer. And I saw this meme once that was like, when your mom says that to you as a child, it just means you were a bitch, but like, you know what, that's fine. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, but she was like, you could argue your way out of a paper bag. And I'm like, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. So yeah.
1: no, that's what people, people have always told me the same thing. And then when I said I was going to law school, they're like, that's fitting for you, Aaron, that makes sense. And I was like, thank you. I thought so too.
0: <laughs> right. I choose to take it as a compliment yeah. regardless of yeah. Of what anyone tends it to be I'm like thank you I am incredible I agree thank you so much
1: yes like I know I'm really good at arguing and yes. like I do always want to win my dad yes. and I are both stubborn like that though where we both always want to win so yes. when we get into arguments over things it's like it just we have to give up at some point because yes. nobody's going to win yes but um it'll lend itself well to a law career <laughs>
0: I think so I think so I think like if you're not afraid of conflict, right? Like that's one of the things that people who are currently in law school talk about a lot. Like they don't want to do litigation because conflict scares them or like it makes them uncomfortable, right? So then like perhaps corporate where it's a little bit more like, you know, you're both trying to get to the same result, but
1: like
0: negotiating is a little bit easier, but you know, there's something for everyone.
1: Yeah, conflict. If it's like myself, like I'm fighting with someone, that can intimidate me. But if I'm like backing someone else up, someone else up, That's what I like. I like dealing with other people's conflicts and being like the middle person. Mm -hmm. Not my own stuff, but it's okay because I'll be fighting for other people, not myself.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. No, like I get a case and I look at it and I'm like, I believe so strongly in this. And then like that like belief in something that like really fires me up. And then it's also like, I'll read the opposing counsel's work. And I'm like, you submitted this to the court. Like I am confused. This is going to sound arrogant. And it is not just- Harvard law students. Like, I think this is quite true about people who really care about being a student. Yeah. Um, I was told by a professor that it's going to be really difficult when you get out in the world because mm-hmm. a lot of lawyers don't care. And so you will see that in a work that's okay. produced. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, I don't know about you, but I was so hard on myself as a one L I was like, I, I want to be perfect. Like I want to be so yeah. good at this. And then I would actually, once I started getting my hands on some of the work that was coming in from the other mm-hmm. side, I was really shocked and it makes me sad, especially right now I'm doing criminal law work. And so Mm -hmm. when that is happening, like people's liberty is at stake. It's not just money. Right. Um, But it's all to say that like, if you really are passionate about litigation and it's something like that's going to show through in your work and that isn't the case across the board. So that's just a boost for you as you go through. Like, don't, don't get in your head. uh, Mm -hmm. If you are starting to feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm
1: Yeah, no, I do. I actually did see a bit of the like lawyers not caring when I worked at that firm for a year. It was a small firm. So like I was able to like interact with all of the attorneys all the time. Um, And the partner of the firm, who's the one that hired me, would like tell me about this one attorney that they would be against quite often. Um, She did a lot of family law. So it was an attorney that frequently um, she was up against. And she was like, the things that this person puts out there, like she's just not even like trying for her Mm -hmm. client. And I'm like, why would you want to be an attorney if you don't even want to do your job? Like if you don't even want to try. Right.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, not, I mean, this might be off topic, but like, I'm currently doing basically public defense work. I'm not a public defender, but it's through the clinic. Um, And I'm in court and I get to see like bar advocates or appointed counsel, Mm -hmm. like defend their clients. Yeah. And sometimes they just don't. Like sometimes they, they just throw their client under the bus or they like say things that like you should never say. Yeah. And i mean, there is no reason a third year law student should be the one that's advocating the hardest in this room. Like, yeah, not only are you getting paid for this or maybe you're not, it depends. Right. But like you're getting some compensation from the court. Yeah. But, like you decided that this is your job. Like you've decided to represent mm-hmm. people for like for your life. Yeah. So that apathy and that like lack of effort, it breaks my heart because I'm like, people are actually suffering as a result yeah. of like people's inability to care about their job.
1: Yeah. And like maybe when they started out, they were like passionate about it. But if you lose that passion, like you should probably just like switch what area of law you're working in. If you don't feel you can like advocate for the clients anymore because you don't feel passionate about it, don't do it because you're not helping yourself or them. Like you're miserable and they're not getting the, um, the support that they need.
0: Totally. And I, I like want to be very clear, right? Like, there's like, a huge systemic issue generally with the fact, like, the amount of cases public defenders are assigned. Like, yeah, burnout oh, 100%. is. Huge. I okay. totally get it, but to your point, like, you have to be self aware enough. Like, you yeah. can't keep going if doing so is harming your client. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a very loaded issue with total, like, many, 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 many things that come together to play in that. But all yeah. to say to the law students or the future law students, like, yeah. that there you will be fine. Like, it's yeah. gonna feel like you're not.
1: You will be fine. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Hold on to it. <laughs> Hold on to that. You will be fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Tattoo it on my body, please. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. I feel like, oh, I remember the question I had. I'm actually going to go backwards now. So sure. what led you to go to law school? Because obviously you have all this passion about it now being in it and almost graduating, but what led you there? Did you take years off? Did you always think you wanted to? Yeah. These are
0: the this is a great question, and it, I have to go pretty far back. So, um, I grew up in the high desert in California. It's a pretty low income, like low socioeconomic area. Um, and I am a first gen college student. So, both of my parents finished high school, but that was their highest level of education. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very difficult childhood, like not going into tons of details, but my father was incarcerated when I was younger and both of my parents suffered from addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just, I remember like my life intersecting with the legal system in a variety of ways and always feeling like my family or myself were so powerless because Mm -hmm. we didn't know the solutions and it was a very complex system. Right. And so we saw lawyers as someone who like could do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. I held that in my head as like possibility, but I didn't think people like me got to be lawyers. Like, I didn't think that was a possibility. No one in my life was a lawyer. I'd never met one like, yeah. like that. I spoke to about it. Right. Like not in the sense of like, like mentorship wise. Um, and so I applied to college, like it was really sad too. I didn't even know the common app existed when I applied to colleges. So I only applied to like state schools in California. Um, ended up going to Cal State Fullerton on a full ride scholarship, which was great. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it was lovely, but, (laughs) but it was just, um, hard because I also didn't see people from Cal State Fullerton going into law school. Right. And so I think like visibility is so important. And if you don't see it and you don't know anyone and there's Mm -hmm. no one encouraging you or knowing how to encourage you can be like very, very difficult to conceptualize. So yeah. This is a long answer, but it's essentially like I always wanted to be a lawyer. I always thought I would be a great lawyer. I just thought I was not going to ever be a lawyer. Um, And so I graduated. I had no plan. I ended up working for three years in continuing medical education. I managed medical nonprofits and was like liaison between the board of directors uh, and pharmaceutical companies to Mm -hmm. fund a bunch of initiatives. Interesting work, um, but it was at that where I was like, I cannot do Mm-hmm. this type of job for the rest of my life. I cannot yeah. do a desk job. Like I really want more influence and I, I want more mm-hmm. agency. Um, and at the time someone I knew had gone to a, uh, top 14 law school and I had a higher GPA than he did. And I was like, I'm very competitive and I get a yeah. better LSAT score, Right. And I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And so again, like visibility or representation is so mm-hmm. important. So seeing yeah. him do it. I was like, I can too. Yeah. Um, so I ended up studying, took the LSAT Um, it was really rough. My, my dad actually passed away a week before the LSAT. Um, and so yeah, it was, it was not, it was a very, very difficult time. I'm an only child. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it was like, it it just horrible. Um, so my, my score was like, not where I necessarily wanted it to be, but I say that just because people will be like, how did you get in? What were your stats? And I think Mm -hmm. it's never quite as simple as just like numbers. Right. And so I wrote an addendum with my application explaining all of that. And I do think that like, all of that put together all to say that is like the path I got here to law school. Mm-hmm. I came with no plan. Like I had no idea. I just knew that like I would be a good lawyer and I would figure it out. Yeah. Um, and I have, and I think through it, I've just changed so much. Like law school, I don't know how to like stress enough, like gives you so much confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. I think partly it's just so hard and like you push yourself to the extremes, but like yeah. you come out of it so confident. And I truly now think like about to graduate, right. I do think I could solve almost any problem. Like if I don't know the answer, I know where to find it. And so little child, Nicole, right. The one that said lawyers knew how to do everything, like help their family. Like I quite literally can do that now. Like I don't, not allowed to get legal advice and I don't, but my mom will call and I'll be like, well, I think maybe one one could do this. Right. And like, it brings me so much joy. Um, and so that is kind of the very long answer to your question. But I, I say that because I think two things, like one, I know there's so many people out there that, like maybe don't know lawyers or like don't have you know that representation also if you can hear my radiator apologies this is east coast life um (laughs) but I I started the tiktok my tiktok account because I wanted like my thought process was like if I could save one person like an Mm -hmm. hour or a a day of doubt like that would be worth it because of how long Mm -hmm. I spent not wasting time but like just believing I couldn't yeah and I think that's like the most rewarding part but I also say my story because. I think it it was not a direct route. It was not someone who like knew and planned every step of the way to get there. And like, I'm here at Harvard Law School. And so it's like, it's never too late. You can make pivots, you can make decisions and it doesn't have to be linear. Like my time in continuing medical education has been extremely helpful now in like law Mm -hmm. school, right? So you can draw upon all of
1: those things. Um, So that, yeah, that is, that is me. That is how I got here. No, that. That was actually a fantastic answer. It was a great story. Because like you said, I feel like a lot of people do think like, um, like looking at people in law school and attorneys, they don't realize that everybody does come from different paths. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be an attorney. It's like, my family is all attorneys. Like, no, everybody comes from different places. I don't have any attorneys in my family, so I'm not a first-gen college student, but I am a first-gen graduate student. So Uh, I'm the first one in my family to get a graduate degree of any kind, Um, the first attorney in my family. Um, So uh, thank you. Congrats to you, too. You were first-gen college. Thank you. It's like, we're kind of, we have to figure things out on our own then because we don't have anyone that already did it before us. So like a lot of my friends in undergrad, like their parents were attorneys. So they were like, Oh, like, I know I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to do this type of law. And like, my dad told me like to do this or like, don't take a year off, just go through. And I'm like, okay, well, like, I've got to figure out myself how I'm going to get there. Like, am I going to do an LSAT class? Am I just going to study? Am I going to take it? And do I apply to schools everywhere? Do I pick right. a city? So, yeah. um, yeah. So that is our episode for today, everyone. So Nicole, do you want to tell people where they can follow you?
0: Sure. Yes. I'm primarily on TikTok. I do have an Instagram account, but it's not really that well used. Um, but both handles are the same. It's at Nicole Patricia. It's spelled N I C H O L L E P A T R. ICIA. my parents made it complicated but that is where you can find
1: me (laughs) you love that okay and then you know you can follow us at legally couture podcast on instagram I'm in the process of making a tiktok for it the account exists there's nothing on it but you can follow it's also legally couture podcast on tiktok and then you can follow my personal it's erin.lindsay13 on instagram and erin.13.13 on tiktok I'm actually meaning to change those so they're the same so I'm gonna do that today but um That's my handle right now. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much
0: for having me. This has been so fun.
1: Yes. No, it was so much fun. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye everyone.